1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar
0: Heel gear. Welcome in to The Scoop on the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ross Martin. We're joined by Don Callahan. This is the number one football recruiting podcast in the world. Part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network and presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the best place for all your UNC apparel needs. Don, it's been a while. What is going on, my friend? It has been a while. that At least we've done the the podcast,
1: but uh, we did appear on the radio show last saturday mm-hmm. um really not much is going on the only thing different is that my kids sports have finally started up so it's crazy today we have three practices i gotta juggle in addition to my normal obligations and since we're we normally record on, in the morning and mm-hmm. we just finish eating breakfast or usually i eat breakfast right afterwards but we're doing this around lunch which means I got
0: cookies. <laughs>
1: I might eat during or I might wait until uh, after the podcast. What would so, you have for lunch? I have not eaten lunch yet. So okay. the yeah. cookies are it's, – it's like a pre-lunch snack sort of thing. But notice, these are the um, soft batch chunky chocolate chip. From Which where? Go, from Walmart. Walmart actually has some uh, – I wouldn't very, expect
0: anything different.
1: <laughs> a very underrated cookie game at Walmart.
0: Yeah, it's a great What's place? up with Ross. Um. Yeah, man, it's just trying to figure out when the next game is going to be to cover.
1: That's right. How twenty days between
0: that? twenty days between games.
1: How crazy is it for you? Because what was it on Thursday when they made the announcement last mm-hmm. week, and then all of a sudden, so your your schedule completely changes, and then you had a I guess a plan to go to the beach this weekend. What would have happened if North Carolina were you praying all weekend long that they weren't going to get a game for this weekend? selfishly I, I mean praying? I prepared
0: for my intern our intern to cover it oh uh, man me. yeah I mean I had a bi-week beach trip planned um with some guys so yeah I was gonna I was gonna miss it I think because I'd already paid for the trip and everything uh if you're looking on YouTube recording on YouTube Don has a fresh haircut his hair looks as gray as ever but he's got nice little style right there let's get into it first we have a new first I want to ask you make sure you rate review and subscribe Give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast mash the subscribe button so that all these podcasts from the inside carolina podcast network gets to you on your mobile device or however you listen to your podcasts um that'd be great helps us get to uh, other other listeners so rate review and subscribe we definitely do read those reviews and we appreciate a five-star rating um and we have a new top five don we've kind of been out of the podcast game and we've gone maybe a month without a full podcast. So we're going to get back in it. Uh, we don't know the next time we'll record, but it'll be in the next couple of weeks. The top five that you, someone just, someone's hand just came and gave you another cookie. What didn't it? No, no. It's a- <laughs> Got a cookie delivery person. All right. The next top five <laughs> is your top five, 1990s comedies, movies, movies. Yeah. So comedies, movies. Uh, Don, you picked this one or you had a suggestion, but what is your idea uh, behind this one? Um, yeah, Someone on the message
1: board. Actually, I believe this is a couple of weeks ago and I have awful memory. Uh, someone posed this question to me on the Ask Don thread. And for those who are premium subscribers, you know that you can go on Inside Caroline's message board and post your questions directly to me on the Ask Don thread. But anyway, um, I thought it was a great uh, top five uh, category for us. We want to get the... The uh, listeners involved in that, and Ross, I want to get some Ross's ideas too. But uh, '90s were, were was a great decade for uh, for for comedies, I believe. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I think it's good. It'll be good. Uh, it be good to look back, I and mean, I gotta go back and see what my top five are. There's a bunch of options here. It's gonna be hard to pick. Remember, it has the release date when it entered the theaters. It has to be uh, in the '90s, and uh, that'll be it. It'd be good to see how many reviews we get how many uh suggestions we get and remember you email don or dm him on twitter or on uh inside carolina don how can they reach you
1: um at don callahan ic on twitter and then it's just don callahan on inside carolina email address don at inside all right
0: great let's get into it here's the plan for today's podcast the scoop presented to you by johnny t-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. we are going to start with a brief overview of the 2021 class I mean, it's been a while since UNC's had any movement with this class. The last thing that happened was a decommitment. Is that Ryan? Is that right? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, I think so. I think uh, Jarrett Wilson I yeah. think was the last last it, sort it, of and uh, then Travion Stevenson maybe was the last commit. I don't know yes. the exact timing of that. UNC sits at 16 commitments. So there's still got some targets out there. We're gonna go through the targets. There's a couple of big names, big fish still out there. And then we're going to talk about those guys. So Rice and Nesbit, uh, Diego Pounds, uh, Yusuf Mugabil, and Ingram Dawkins. We're then going to talk briefly about how the extended dead period impacts UNC. I think it's been extended to December. Is that right, Donald? The end. Well, yeah, the end of December, all the way through December to January. Awesome. And then we're going to close with, which is something we we've done every year. We're going to look at the 2022 class and get into it. Don ha- has his. Top 12 targets. This is UNC's top 12 targets for the 2022 class. Look at these names. I mean, I recognize two names. So this is as much for our listeners as it is for me. We're going to kind of briefly get into uh, who the Tar Heels are targeting the most in the 2022 class. Remember, there's not as much in talent in this class. They have to go outside state lines, but they definitely have their eyes on uh, a-, a decent amount of prospects to land for the next cycle. Don, how does that sound? I am excited to get rolling. All right, awesome. All right, 2021, let's get a brief overview. What's going on right now with UNC? I mean, we're in a dead period. The season's starting. Uh, give our listeners an update on the 2021 class for the Tar Heels.
1: Well, we actually did a pretty deep dive in what's going on, gave a best case, worst case, um, most likely case scenario for the remainder of this class, and, and just where this class would land in or likely will land in the 247 two, two, sports team rankings come signing day um, in the weekly scoop. Uh, every Tuesday we have the weekly scoop, so definitely check that out for, for details and all that. But essentially, UNC is looking at four targets. There's always, um, there's always a chance and probably a highly likelihood that uh, that pool of, of targets expands at some point. But right now we're looking at those four, the ones you mentioned. Um, and uh, can
0: you list them real quick?
1: Yeah, um, uh, Chirion In- Ingram Dawkins, defensive tackle from Gaffney; Yusuf Mugerbill, an offensive lineman from Murphy, North Carolina; um, Bryson Nesbit, a tight end from Charlotte, North Carolina; and Diego Pounds, an mm-hmm. offensive lineman from Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: Okay, so answer me this: uh, Bryson Richardson left the program. You know, there's some some players that have left recently. Are there more scholarships available? I mean, they had, uh, I think, office, uh, Billy Ross left as well. So those are developments since we've talked about more scholarships opening. Your thoughts, Don? So,
1: what question, I've been. To,
0: good, good question, Ross. Thanks.
1: Good question, Good question, Ross. Well, it's it's just part for the course. So I just yeah. expect good questions from you. So There's no good. need to always point it out. But anyway, um, <laughs> it is a good question though, and uh, no, it does not change North Carolina's. Plan And some of this is just the uncertainty with what's going on with rosters and scholarship numbers and all that. You have, you have eligibility frozen for the 2020 class. And while they have granted a waiver for seniors for next year, there's no one knows exactly how the NCAA is going to handle things beyond that. So just to kind of be precautious, a lot of staffs, including North Carolinas, are, are kind of being very uh, conservative with their approach to this class. Um, so that they will be able to sign a decent amount of, of uh, recruits in the next class.
0: Okay. Awesome. Okay. So let's get into, um, okay. You mentioned more targets of potentially, would that be potential flips here and there or, or why'd you say that?
1: Well, I think, yes. Yeah, so there's, you, know, you always keep, even though North Carolina for the most part, their class that they have committed, they're happy with. And the only, Need they really have left unfulfilled is that second offensive lineman, uh, which they hope will be addressed by either Diego Pounds or Yusuf Mugerbill. Um, but you just always keep your your eyes open for guys who might potentially decommit, or something happens and, and things open up, um, or someone just emerges during the football season, which you know, the, the high school football season in North Carolina. Um, is not going to take place until February. So yeah, so you just, you just never know what could happen and you don't want to be left with an opportunity to land a really elite guy and not have a space for him. Got it. And the other, the other thing too, is if, as I mentioned, that offensive line position is the only position objective left for this class. um, If UNC misses on both pounds and uh, Mugerville, then you're going to see UNC offer additional offensive alignment or, get back in it with some other guys they offered previously and really you know we i know we're going to get into it eventually but diego pounds is scheduled to announce his uh college decision on friday yeah and so if he does not pick north carolina then unc definitely i i, I anticipate north carolina expanding that pool of targets
0: okay so let's get right into that uh, probably the 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 most uh current topic of relevance diego pounds out of raleigh is making uh, his decision on Friday. me pull up his profile. Um, what can you tell you? What can you tell us about what's going on there? Let me let me get you some info here. He is six foot six, three oh five, out of Milburg High School, a three-star composite uh, player, four hundred forty-four in the nation, thirty-eight offensive tackle, twenty-five in the state. His crystal ball right now, with five predictions, is one hundred percent towards Penn State. Down on the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, so at the very least, I could say, I talked to his coach earlier this week. His coach said yeah, he's going to come out with some sort of list of a handful of schools, but really this is coming down to two schools. And uh, for those who've been following this closely know who those two schools are, UNC and Penn State. You know, We've been saying for a while, You know, basically, let's just kind of just give a track record of this. Early on, and I'm talking way back in January, UNC was an offer that Pounds highly coveted, and it just at that point never happened. And North Carolina filled up at the offensive line position, particularly with with Jarrett Wilson's commitment, um, and then also you have um, Eli Sutton committing too. So then fast forward to, I guess it was early July. Whenever Jarrett Wilson decommitted, UNC obviously needs to fill that that void, and so the, one of the first guys they reached out to was Diego Pounds, and sent the offer out to him. At that point, Pounds had already his profile had risen tremendously. He had added a bunch of scholarship offers. Including some, you know, SEC schools, Big Ten schools, and all that. And Penn State had emerged as a school that really, that, that he really liked a lot. And depending on who you talk to, some of the sources I've spoken to have said that he was on the track to committing it to Penn State at that point, like within days of North Carolina offering him. The USC offer caused him to pause. And then, um, really, since then, it's just a matter of him kind of going back and forth between when he wants to commit and everything. The problem for North Carolina's purposes is that both him and his mom feel slighted because they feel Mm. like he's a plan B because since North Carolina didn't get Jarrett Wilson, now they want him. And they feel like, you know, Penn State's been there, and Penn State's recruiting him consistently. Mm. And uh, whether right or wrong, I know a lot of posters, you know, think that that's not the way he should be thinking, but that's how he thinks. And so I've said from the get-go, there are wounds there that Mm. need time to heal. And what North Carolina needs to do in the immediate future is to drag out this recruitment. So the fact that he's deciding on Friday, I don't like North Carolina's chances in that Mm. scenario. Had he said something of, like, December 2nd, just a random date to kind of throw out there, yeah, yeah. that he was going to make a decision, then I would really like North Carolina's chances. But, you know, it's, it's not looking good. Now, with that said, if he picks Penn State on Friday, I wouldn't just completely just unfollow him on Twitter, you know, because I think that he's a guy that North Carolina is going to continue to recruit. He has strong relationships with several members of North Carolina's commitment list. As I mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a scholarship offer he, he's wanted. And it's closer to Penn State. He's never visited Penn State, too, because of all the COVID <sighs> stuff. So that's I goofy, think, man. I think, yeah, well, that's the t- times that we live in. But I think yeah. um, things bode well for North Carolina to get back into this, even if he picks Penn State on Friday.
0: I mean, what's crazy is that he has never driven to Penn State, right? He doesn't know how long to drive is. Yeah. Like, that's a, it, game, that's a game changer, especially when Millbrook to, to Chapel Hill is probably 35, 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, and some kids want to get away. I don't get that sense away from him, but I think you know. I mean, he's a high school kid, and so it's one thing to kind of look on MapQuest and see that it's—I don't know how far it is, but it's it's a it's several hours away. It's one thing to see that length on MapQuest. It's another thing to be in that car for that period of time, and think about man, this is a long ride, and he hasn't been able to experience that, and he doesn't yeah. know if he's if he's comfortable on campus. uh He he probably has not met any of Penn State's coaches in person. So <laughs> it's one thing to kind of jive, you know, Ross and I get along on the podcast all the time when we're far apart, but when we're per- person, we're, we're fighting like cats and dogs.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I'm pulling up the map quest here to see how far it is. It's a seven, seven hours and 13 minute drive. Yeah. Yeah. So through my- DC, so you get all the, you get all that 95 traffic through DC too. So you got to hit it at the right time.
1: Well, I'm st- There's got to be another way way you can avoid DC,
0: but it's going to be longer going that way.
1: Yeah. Well, I, as somebody who my parents, as I mentioned, live in in Philadelphia, most of my family lives in Philadelphia. I've driven that, and I know that when you make that trip, you if you do not plan your trip out based off of when you hit DC, you are going to be in the car for a very long time because DC traffic
0: is a. When's the best time to hit? When are you? When's the best time to go through DC? Obviously, like late at night, right?
1: Yeah, so what we typically what? do? Let's,
0: well, okay, tell me what you do. Go ahead.
1: We typically leave here around rush hour traffic because we're going north. It's the rush hour traffic around here is not so bad, and that means typically we hit Washington D.C. You know, around like nine, ten o'clock at night.
0: Okay, so I'd say let's say, what's the best time to hit D.C. between eight p.m., eight 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 a.m. and six p.m. Like if you have I to just, drive, during that time
1: yeah, it's, I, I just don't, I think you're going to be screwed either way. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just awful. It really is. And, and a lot of it is DC itself is bad, but it's like 95 when you're approaching it. And yeah. also if, if you don't have one of those, um, those easy passes, mm. you're getting stuck in those tolls going, now this is me when I'm going, I'm going through Delaware and all that, but, um, you get in those tolls where it will take forever to get through, to, through them just to give your, your $2
0: once you get through once you get past Fredericksburg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got so, to drain we got to drain the swamp, Don.
1: That's that's right. That's another topic.
0: What's it like having the same name as the president? Uh
1: well, I I mean, since I was young, you know when you're you're a kid, people always make fun of you for whatever. So I was always called not always. There were times where people would try to tease me by calling me Donald Trump, but <laughs> uh you know, I don't think Uh, yeah
0: not really that much of a cut down when you're 10 all right let's get back on track here boys yeah
1: because i always my response would be well at least i'm rich (laughs) Uh,
0: okay all right so diego pounds is what time is he announcing on friday
1: Uh, i am unaware of an exact time just say he's announcing on friday
0: okay do you want to tell the listeners what happened when i texted you asking about pounds two days ago (laughs) yeah I, what, what happened I don't know you tell your side I said hey man c- what's going on pound so I can do my job and you did not respond it's like I don't exist when I ask a question <laughs> that's hard
1: well so in my defense you texted me on Tuesday morning which what am I doing on Tuesday morning
0: you should be working helping me out
1: I know I am working on the, the scoop mm. which as you know our editor Ben Sherman is very involved with so there's a lot of conversation back and forth between him and I and considering this was we wanted to get the wording right on this one not that we don't want to always get the wording right but this one in particular we wanted to make sure we got the wording right so there was a lot of extra communication between both of us and really um some of it had to be altered because you know we were always expecting at some point pounds would kind of come out and be like I'm going to commit on two days from now sort of thing but um when I, I mean, I began writing the scoop like a week ahead of time. So I had been spending what, like, I don't know, 75% of my writing time already without knowing that pounds had a commitment date set. So, so there were some, um, alterations that needed to be, to be done, done correctly.
0: Okay. I mean, so I said, where's pounds going? You didn't respond. 19 minutes later, I hit you with a question mark and you go, when you and you say, if it's something you need to know, I'll let you know closer to Friday. And I said, I said, I wish I didn't have to send you a question mark to get a text response on a work matter from my coworker, my podcasting partner, and my best friend.
1: I don't understand what's wrong.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's like, can you at least help me out here? All right, moving on. All right, Diego Pounds, Friday. Uh, big time uh, commitment, whether it's Penn State, Carolina, or somewhere else. All right, Moogabill. Yusuf Moogaville, What's going on with him, Don?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go through each one of these individually because we, <laughs> we did this in, I did this in the weekly scoop. I would just, and what's
0: going on? Anything?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, there's been some advancements. Um, check out the weekly scoop for those advancements with both him and Bryce Nesbitt. And um, I mean, we don't talk too much about Ingram Dawkins. I mean, there is some stuff, but I mean, I think, Ingram dog is another one who I, I'm not sure if he has an exact date. I know he's committing sometime soon, but you know, he's down to four schools, North Carolina and three sec schools. And I, and I fully expect him to commit to one of those, those sec schools okay. when he commits.
0: Moogerville is still in the picture. Is that fair to say? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, uh, Bryson Nesbitt, anything we should know that you don't want to reveal or should we <laughs> read on the scoop?
1: I mean, he's, he's the guy in North Carolina is, Putting a lot of um, time into, we, you know, the prior scoop actually goes in a lot more detail about him and his situation. I talked to a very, very, very good source, mm. and his information is in there. Just kind of um, breaking down what's, uh, what's, there's some noises going on downstairs, I'm sorry. that <laughs> I'm not sure, I, I have a very strange family. Um, Dude, but- not
0: not <laughs> enough cookies down there. That's right. That's right. They're gonna come bum rush me. Look how so, look how much Don laughed when I mentioned cookies. <laughs> the thought of cookies made him crack up. I said, I said something about cookies. He bust out and laughed because just, it just brings so much joy to his face.
1: <sighs> well, it's that, and I just. Imagine my family like running up here, just tackling me while I'm on the podcast and grabbing the cookies and running. Like, how much? That wouldn't be great for the actual listening audience, but for those who are watching on YouTube, I think they would enjoy it.
0: Hey, I got big diet coming up. Uh
1: Uh-oh, what does that mean?
0: When I get back from my trip, um, I am going. It's gonna be like so beginning of beginning of October. I mean, I got another trip coming, but beginning of October, a little bit maybe a weekend. I'm going meat vegetables nuts okay no caffeine no sugar no carbs no fruit i mean i no dairy so how frequently do you drink coffee every day every day like it's like five days a week
1: so on days that you don't drink coffee do you get a headache or anything like that any sort of like
0: yeah i'm trying to figure that out i've actually yeah today i've actually had a little bit of headache but i've had some a little bit of coffee so we'll see i don't think that's not going to be as hard um really the no caffeine well because i
1: because so i am not i never was a coffee drinker and i think really during covid i just got into this routine of drinking coffee with my wife in the morning and then there were a couple of days where i didn't drink coffee and i didn't really even think about it and i got headaches on those days yeah. particularly when i was on the road and then i just started being like oh that's it i'm addicted to freaking coffee <laughs> so
0: yeah kinda, i'm not I, i'm not worried about the coffee so i mean i like it What are you worried about that uh carbs is gonna be very tough okay carbs desserts pasta bread rice i mean I, I eat rice for almost every almost every you know one one once one meal a day is. so is
1: give me rice. give me um i know that we, we don't need to go really go down this rabbit hole but give me like an example of a meal that you will have as part of this diet
0: i mean so it'll be a lot of meat um when i don't really eat that much meat uh really no i don't cook that much with meat i eat mostly vegetarian i mean occasionally meat i'm not like a, i'm not a full vegetarian a full vegan, but, so it'll be grilled chicken, and then it'll do—I mean—roasted, sauteed vegetables. Okay. Probably a lot of salads. So I'll go with lettuce, grilled chicken, maybe a grilled salmon or something, nuts, vegetables. Um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of meat. I mean maybe like some ground beef. It's gonna be a lot of salads. I like a lot of salads. So okay. That's gonna be it, and then um, it's basically a keto diet. Gotcha. I know you have no idea what that I- means.
1: Well, I've heard of it. I have actually been trying to um, basically stick to my same diet, but um, get away from the meats other than fish. Now, I still eat meat. It's just so hard when you you know have an entire family. And it's just easier yeah. to eat the same I think, thing.
0: I think the best way, if you're looking to lose weight, is to cut out carbs and um, soda and sugar. And, yeah, I don't and- drink.
1: I don't drink. I really don't drink soda.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that'd make it. I'm not really trying to lose weight. I'm trying to um, shift around some weight and have more energy. And so well, just, I'm just trying to see what will happen. I'm not really in it for a weight loss thing. All right, Definitely. let's move on. Um, okay, so we went through the targets: Giga Pounds, Bryson Nesbit, Bill, uh, Ingram, Dawkins. Is Nesbit? What's going on with Nesbitt? Is there any? I mean, is what's his? What's his time frame?
1: Okay, so he he's taking his time, and he's okay with taking his time, and all. The the main schools that are involved with him are well I don't know if they're okay but they were they will allow him to take his time so he's going to come out with a top five schools list at some point he's already admitted that North Carolina South Carolina and UCLA are on that list and really those are the only schools that really matter whoever he throws on there are (laughs) not going to be much of of a challenger for him I you know and I I think it's going to come down to those three schools he wants to take quarantine visits to those three schools, which means because, because the debt period has been extended until um, until January, which means that he can, vi- he can visit schools, nothing against that, but he won't be able to interact with any of the coaches, can't do no tours, that sort of thing. So, so he'll go to, to campuses, if this is what he's, he, I guess, sticks to. He'll, he'll go to campus. What are you taking a picture of? He'll go to campuses and just kind of drive around, walk around, maybe have a meal, that sort of thing and, and that would that. be
0: it all right cool let's um okay sounds good uh awesome okay so when those are the four we're watching and obviously friday is important but remember it's not over till the december signing period and it could be a lot of movement there and even it's just so different with visits. i mean visits i wonder if the lack of visits I know there'll be a lot more decommits, but also there's a sense of where if I can't visit anywhere else, like I may just stick with where I'm comfortable with. You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah. I think, like, I think we've seen that a lot.
0: Cause you see the flips when a, in like late October, November, somebody committed to Florida visits Georgia, you know, and then commit and then decommits and flips or, or, you know, Virginia, Virginia tech, you see those, Flips happen when they can visit the school during a football season and they get a different view, and that's what happened. Like Peyton Wilson, for example, that's for example, of him flipping. Like, so I'm wondering the impact of lack of visits or no visits during the fall, how that will change what happens in October, November, December with recruitments.
1: Yeah, I think that I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of changes in those months. Yeah. I think. One, it, you know, the NCBAs right now is going to stick to the December signing period, which is going to be interesting if they end up moving it. Um, but um, so, how many how many commitments actually signed then will be key and will be, will be most telling? Because uh, typically, you try to get all of your commitments signed in December, and if they don't sign in December, you kind of assume okay they're not really a commitment. So, but you have guys who are going to naturally have some second thoughts because they haven't been able to visit schools so that's that's yeah. to me is going to be the most interesting thing is that december signing period and we should start to kind of hear what guys are going to do starting in early december
0: yeah and then we'll, this is going to lead into what we're going to talk about after the break but um the dead period was extended in december we'll talk about how that impacts UNC and get into a little bit more because there's been a little bit of movement to see if they could open that up among players i don't know if you saw that don yeah. on twitter and then yeah. who knows what happens in january and february because the second signing period is the uh, starts the first Wednesday of February John uh, Don it's getting a little chilly when you get chilly what do you want to put on a hoodie a hoodie or sweatshirt I've been wearing sweatshirts this whole week best place to get your Carolina sweatshirts is Johnny t-shirt JohnnyT-Shirt.com online inside Carolina subscribers can use the 10% off discount code to get your family matching sweatshirts matching hats t-shirts tailgating stuff Things for the kitchen, the house, posters, pictures, they have everything, golf stuff. Any UNC gift, holiday seasons right around the corner, birthdays, engagements, anniversaries, go to Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyT-Shirt.com, and get your loved ones and friends UNC apparel. I got three sweatshirts from there over the, uh, over the spring. I was wearing one earlier today. So Giant T-Shirts, your one-stop shop for all your UNC apparel and clothing and trinket needs online, giantt-shirt.com. And then if you log on to Inside Carolina, become a premium subscriber, read Don scoop, get the 10% off discount code. There's always deals to join Inside Carolina. There's always a deal to get discounts at giantt-shirt.com. If you're not subscribed to Inside Carolina, I don't know what you're doing. There's so many benefits uh, on the board including that 10% off discount code Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. We're going to add on one more ad. We'll be back to talk about 2021 class a little bit more and then dive into the top targets for the Tar heelers for the 2022 class. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Good job. All right. We are back. Don, how you doing? I'm great. I'm hey, great. how did the Flyers do? They
1: lost in the, I guess it was the quarterfinals, I guess, to we, the Islanders. Are we
0: in Stanley Cup finals right now?
1: We are with um, Tampa Bay and
0: Dallas. Some Belt teams. <laughs> sure. That's what I heard someone say on TV recently. How's the, uh, how the Phillies doing?
1: Phillies are doing awful. A lot of injuries. The bullpen sucks. So even though they'll build up like an eight-run lead in in the uh, second inning, the bullpen will just blow it every single game, including last night. So I kind of want the baseball season just to end so we can get some bullpen help because they have a good lineup and they have a couple good starters, starting pitchers.
0: Dude, I have not even thought about baseball. Since you know it came back, and you're like, "All right, it's back." But dude, since football has been back, I it's it's completely out of my mind. Is it? Okay. It's like crazy how little I care about baseball. I mean, I mean, I, have you been watching NFL? Sorry, go ahead.
1: I have, but I you know I had a little bit of hard time getting into the NFL. Oh, my strangely,
0: gosh. and, and some away.
1: of that and some of that was because it's well, it started basically the same weekend as college football. And I almost feel like I need yep. like a separate weekend for each start to kind of get into the flow. I didn't even do a fancy well, I did a fancy team, but I'm I'm not really <laughs> doing it. Um Yeah, start betting on some games. Yeah, so I did I did bet on some games, um NFL games this past Sunday. I had a lot of fun um with it. But um,
0: yes, maybe that will help. We'll have to do a Sunday man tower. Do you have a red zone?
1: Yes, I do. You do? You, yes. You talk red zone or you talk about Sunday ticket red zone. I have. red zone. Awesome. I mean, here's the thing. You call, talk about the man tower, how you want to be there and all that sort of stuff. But then when I say, Hey, what are you doing? Ross? Ross is like, no, I got to run today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says.
0: Dude, it's such a long drive. It's like, uh, but I love so, red zone. So hey, I may, I may have to come.
1: This is what you need to do. Okay. Friday night. You get your sleeping bag. You get your, your favorite <laughs> pillow, you get a couple of different uh, pajamas, get like two, three pairs of pajamas. Come on over. You sleep over. Spend the entire weekend in the man tower. Just never leave. I got a fridge up here now, but I barely use it. I need to get like a microwave or something.
0: I love it. I would love to just stay in that man tower for, for yeah, for what forty-eight hours, Friday to <laughs> and then leave on leave on Monday morning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just do that. All right. I mean, I, I, I've, uh, I've become an NFL zombie. Uh, some of my friends would call it when you're just, you, have, you watch so much sports. I mean, I, just, I can't get enough of NFL. Right? Well,
1: I, now, I had, I've had a blast with college football, though. You know, even though the games – yes, the games haven't been like these yeah. great matchups. But, I mean, there have been some interesting games. It, it has been really – you know, I, I can't wait to SEC plays. I can't wait to the Big Ten plays. But, really, I feel like what I'm tru- truly missing – is a Pac-12 because I'm, I'm waiting for those great games at like fricking midnight
0: or yeah Pac-12 or, after dark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed that until I'm sitting up watching coastal Carolina at midnight. And I'm like, what's, what am I doing?
0: Yeah. You're a, <laughs> you're a sports zombie. You're a, you're the classic sports zombie. I suppose. Yeah. Hockey and baseball and, and college football. All right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. A little mint gum in my mouth. All right, let's get into this. Um, real quickly, I mean, do you think is the dead period gonna last till December? Is that is that a hard sticking point?
1: So you know, you mentioned this with with some of the what what I guess some of the recruits are posting in there. I don't think because it's a, it seems like it's a lot of twenty twos, not necessarily twenty ones. Gotcha. Um, at least that's what my my viewing, and maybe I'm I'm completely wrong on that, but. I feel like the most likely, if they were going to change it, the most likely scenario is that they open up December for official visits because you got to think, for the 22s, they have plenty of time to kind of figure things out and take business and everything. But 21s, if you want to sign in December, you, you kind of almost have to throw them a bone a little bit and allow them to take all of their visits. You know, take their official visits. Maybe they have some sort of special rules for, you know, some sort of, I don't know, whatever it may be, testing or whatever, but I could see that play out. And maybe they – I mean, who – NCAA does whatever they want. But, I mean, I just think that the 22 class has, has an entire year to take visits. So, I don't think that they – they'll be okay of missing a couple months.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it just sucks you can't make it as an informed decision. Um, all right, I'm pulling up the 2022 class and getting these names ready. I'm having some technical issues. I'm getting a, a CBS Interactive, like – I'm getting the same thing. Yeah, blocking on all these targets you sent me. So I'm going to have to Google. I'm going to have to pull up the profiles a different way. But we'll make it work because that's, that's what we do for our um, – Well, you to—you
1: got to scroll and hit the dismiss. It's really weird.
0: Okay, I'm just going to pull up the profiles. Uh, okay, so this is it. This is the big <laughs> – hopefully you've stayed on listening to this through all our different rants. Um, we're going to go through Don's top 12 targets for UNC in the 2022 class. Jump right into it. This is in no order. This is alphabetical order. Don, I'm going to lay them out. You tell me just a little bit about him, why UNC likes him, and maybe a little bit about the recruitment. Let's not spend too much time on each guy. Just kind of get a brief bio and just kind of familiar, start familiarizing ourselves with each player. Sound good? I am ready. Sounds okay. great. Michael Allen, running back, 5'10", 181 from Greenville Rose High School. He is a four-star prospect, the number 135th ranked player in the 2022 class. Uh, like you said, he's running back. He's a guy who's also excels in baseball. Uh, he
1: he camped at North Carolina last, or not this past summer. Summer before that, um, like a lot of these guys, hasn't really got his recruitment started, so hasn't made a whole lot of visits. But definitely is intrigued by North Carolina, and uh, North Carolina is recruiting him really heavily.
0: Okay, running back. He's from North Carolina, so obviously going to be a top target. One of the one of the, the top targets in the state. Number five as well, Michael Allen. Do you know how many? Uh, was it was a one running back in this class. I mean, you don't want to answer this, do you? Have one running back in this class. Yeah, let's at-
1: just because it's so up in the air with some of this yeah. stuff. Let's just kind of leave that that alone.
0: Okay. Anything, uh, anything you want. All right. Benji Gazanell, tight end from East Surrey High School in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Six four two two five. He is a four star as well. Two hundred and fifty, the number two hundred and fifty seventh ranked player in the nation. The number eleventh ranked tight end, Donnie.
1: Yeah, so obviously his last name should be familiar. His brother is a wide receiver at North Carolina. I don't think that's going to have a huge impact on him. Um, I think overall, just his comfort level with with UNC. His old one of his older, bro- I think his oldest brother um, has like season tickets, so they go there a lot as fans, and, and he kind of grew to go up, where to go where uh, to Keenan Stadium. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. as fans, um, and Benji kind of grew up going to UNC games. UNC fa- uh, fan. Um, he came out with the top three at one point, Ohio State, Florida, and UNC, but has backtracked off of that. The big-time programs like Ohio State and Clemson are really, really high on him. Clemson has an offer, but if Clemson does offer it, it could change his recruitment. So he's definitely a, a guy – I mean, he's a four-star guy ranked in the, in the, the top 247. No, he's actually not ranked in the top 247. But uh, I, I think eventually he'll make it there. I mean, he, so he's talented. We list him as a tight end, but, but this is a guy who could play a lot of different positions.
0: Yeah, I mean, great size at 6'4", 225, already seems like he has that kind of elite college size. I mean, Notre Dame, Penn State, South Carolina, Tennessee, West Virginia, Louisville, Georgia. This is a national recruitment with Ohio State also in play. Benji Gosnell out of East Surrey, which is 1A football, right, Donnie?
1: That is right.
0: All right, moving on. Um, all right, One more thing I mean, with, with Benji, like some players want to – create their own path, you know, get away from where their brother went. Um, Some players just grew up a fan. It's easier for the parents to go there. Kind of like the Fox brothers. um, the same with um, Yami Brown and and Joffrey Brown. You said it's not a huge factor. Anything else on that? Do you think – is there anything else on
1: that? So I think that right now his mentality is he wants to kind of make his own path. But I think just talking to family members and talking to those close to him, I think ultimately – He's going to feel some pressure to stay a little bit closer, so you know, because you know, like like with with the Fox brothers, I mean, it's so much easier on on parents to decide where you're going on on Saturdays, mm-hmm. you know. But if you have two kids at two different schools, then that's a lot more difficult.
0: For sure, in-state program, things might be rolling big time by the time Gosnell comes up to a decision. All right, moving on, Omorion, <laughs> Omorion, O-marion. O'Marion, Hamilton. From Cleveland High School in Clayton, North Carolina. Clayton is it's where uh, Tommy Ashley's from, right? That's right. Famous. A, what'd you say? He's famous. Yeah, Tommy Ashley is Johnson County. Uh, running back, six foot 15. He's very high-ranked. A four-star prospect, 121 in the nation, and number 10th-ranked running back in the country. Good size at six foot. Don?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this is a guy, another guy who I think will go up in the rankings. Uh, he's, he's kind of like a Todd Gurley sort of style running back, very, very physical, but yet, you know, sneaky speed. Um, one of those highlight films that you put on and just, it's just, uh, you get a lot of enjoyment and watching, you know, um, he smashes people, uh, great plays, elusive, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, he's a guy that yeah, he's going to be one of the top, top uh, recruits to come out of North Carolina
0: marion Hampton. What kind of enjoyment are we talking about here? God,
1: I don't know what type of enjoyment you have in mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <we're> uh, on. <laughs> All
0: right. Malik Malik.
1: Malachi, Malachi Hamrick. <laughs>
0: okay Okay. I, I had that wrong. Malachi Hamrick. Outside linebacker. I'm sure someone's gonna be like on the boards so and be like, Roston, know how to pronounce the names of the prospects. Um, outside linebacker, 6'4", 200 pounds. From Shelby High School, home of David Ray Allen, ranked uh, the number – he's a four-star, ranked number 141 in the nation and number 12 outside linebacker. This seems like that outside linebacker, defensive end type player that, that Jay Bateman likes to recruit.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's an edge rusher. And you watch his film, I mean, he's coming off the edge. A lot of speed, good length. He's on the skinny side, which is what prevented North Carolina from offering for a while, but obviously they have um, since then. Um, he's another guy who has a bunch of offers now. Uh, just you know, comes from a program, Shelby, which I believe is the winningest program in North Carolina high school football history. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, they've won, like, the state championship in, like, every year for the last however many years, except for Dax Holyfield's uh, senior season. Um, so, hey, where did
0: Jack, where's Jack Holyfield going?
1: He just committed to Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago.
0: Really? Okay.
1: And I really think a lot of that I, – I, I really just – I went down there to, for Malachi and I was talking to Jack. I've known Jack for a while. Yeah. And I got the sense that he actually wanted to go somewhere else, but everyone kind of assumed he was going to Virginia Tech. So, I think he was just like, Uh, eh, let's just go to Virginia Tech. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I know everyone hates Dak, Dax Holyfield and all that sort of stuff, but it's really a great family.
0: Yeah, and I, they hate, I, love, I love Dak. He's great. Yeah.
1: I mean, if he would have came to Carolina, the UNC fans would have
0: freaking loved him. Yeah. But, yeah. I liked him. And that, his in the they were, that was a good recruitment to cover. Yeah. Um. Okay. Malachi Hamrick. Yeah. Anything else there? Um. Seems like you as UNC is definitely in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was actually a guy early on and kind of said a lot of really positive things about North Carolina, even went as far, I think one time to mention, okay, North Carolina offers, they're going to be the team to beat sort of thing. You know, he's got, he's, he's added so many scholarship offers that it's made him kind of, Think twice about that, but UNC is definitely in this. Uh, the one school really that has kind of, speaking of Virginia Tech, that's the one school that really probably has the best chance as it stands today to steal away from North Carolina.
0: Who recruits Shelby for UNC? I
1: believe that's Gillespie. Okay. But is not your j- job to know? It It is my job to know. They change the Cleveland County recruiter all the time. But, see, in that situation, Jay Bateman is very actively involved because um, not only – we won't, uh, I do not have Hopper on this list, but um, in addition to Hamrick, um, UNC has also offered his teammate, Santana Hopper, who um, – and so Bateman is actively involved in the
0: recruitment of Shelby right now. It's Tyrone's cousin, I think. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. All right. Malachi Hamrick. Next up is, let me pull it up here, slacked off on that one. Jake Pope, a safety, sorry, from Beaufort, Georgia, 6'2", 190. He is unranked in the 2022 class by both 24-7 Sports and the Composite.
1: Yeah, so this is another guy who comes from a really, really good high school football program. This, this is a national football powerhouse and has really done a really good job in sending guys to North Carolina. Really, they've sent a ton of guys all over the place. But uh, Pope's one of the few recruits to actually have taken a quarantine visit to North Carolina. We, d- we did a, um, a story shortly after that quarantine visit. or not shortly after. We did it sometime after that, that quarantine visit that you know, he kind of breaks down why he took it, which was kind of interesting, but then also just what he actually did. Um, so, yeah, so, he's, so to take a quarantine visit, I think that speaks a lot to his interest level. So I think North Carolina is going to be a major player in, in his recruitment. He's a safety, a, phys, a physical guy, um, and uh, I know Jay Bateman is really high on him.
0: All right, Jake Pope out of Buford. I think Nick Polino is from there, mm-hmm. and maybe Bryson Richardson as well?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: All right, RIP Bryson Richardson. He's still alive. Just doesn't uh, is not at UNC anymore. All right, Shalik Knots. Um. Yes. Did I say that right?
1: Yes, and it goes by Punch, because it's <laughs> Come a on. little bit e- a little bit easier to say, I guess. Punch Knots.
0: Yes. That's a pretty awesome man.
1: So now there is. So I did because I, I get that question all the time, and I've asked him what what's the I guess the backstory, and he said, I think it was an uncle or grandfather called him Punch, and doesn't know why, and so it just stuck.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, six-two, one 24, seven sports composite four-star player from Monroe high school in Monroe, North Carolina. That's down by Charlotte, I believe.
1: Yes. Just outside Charlotte.
0: Yep. Uh, number 53 in the nation. So this is the highest one we've talked talked about so far. Number eight wide receiver. Uh, this is going to be a national recruitment. It seems as well, Georgia, Kentucky, Georgia tech, Arkansas, Miami, Penn state, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, you know, every, you know, tons of regional schools will offer him Don.
1: Yeah. So the one thing you'll notice with this class is that it, the 22 class, very top heavy. So while it's not nearly as deep as, as the, the prior classes, the, the top group is, is pretty impressive and, and probably has, you know, right now, I won't say his name because I don't want to give it away, but he's later on in this list. He's actually ranked. I believe he's ranked higher than any of those, any, in-state recruit in any of the prior classes but anyway
0: who, who right. is the, the next guy you're talking about
1: he's later on the list i don't want yeah, to give I him away
0: i got you i got you i got you
1: so uh knots uh you know obviously wide receiver big physical guy i'm not even 100 percent sure if wide receiver is going to be his uh his college position he's just so such a big um athletic kid could play a lot of different positions but but wide receiver obviously is one of them, plays with Carolina Stars, which for those who follow recruiting know that, that they have a lot of um, top – probably the it, – well, it is the best 707 team in North Carolina, probably the Carolinas, um, and has Drake May as quarterback, and, and uh, Gavin Blackwell is one of the wide receivers. So a lot of UNC flavor there. Uh, yeah, he's a kid who, um, who really has kind of been on the radar for a long time just because you know, he's, he's dominated a lot of camps and 707
0: events. Awesome. Okay, Shalik Punch Knots. All right, moving on. Albert Reed, a six foot three, 210 pound outside linebacker from Glenn High School in Kernersville, North Carolina. Unranked, this is the same high school as Ra-Ra Dilworth and the late, great um, offensive lineman who I've already forgot his name, out of sight, out of mind.
1: I don't know who you're talking about. Javari Rizzi's uh, Oh, Ritzy. Okay, who I was.
0: I was confusing though what to say on offensive lineman.
1: Yeah. Um. So Albert Red is another one of those guys, an outside linebacker, um, rush, end sort of thing that fits perfectly in Bateman's defense. And he's a kid who's interesting because when you watch him and you see, I've seen him in a bunch of camps this offseason or not. I don't know if this is offseason because North Carolina high schools don't play until February, but whatever it is. Um. He's kind of a tweener, so I can see a lot of other schools kind of passing on him. He does have a bunch of other offers, but um, for Bateman's purposes, he's perfect for that position because he has the um, playing-its-base background, but also is is a guy who who likes to come off the the edge, but he, he doesn't have the size to play defensive end on a consistent basis which is what a lot of other schools would want. But, yeah, I mean, with Rara, who has been one of North Carolina's most vocal recruiters, North Carolina has a really good chance with uh, landing Albert Red eventually.
0: Great. Building a little pipeline from Glenn High School in Kernsville. Okay, next up, Colin Sadler, offensive tackle, 6'5", 295, from Greenville High School in Greenville, South Carolina. High-ranked kid. 24-7 Sports Composite, four-star prospect, 145 in the nation, number 16 offensive tackle uh, in the nation as well. And he has four predictions right now. They're all for Clemson.
1: Yeah, so when um, we said alphabetical order, but I noticed one of these names are not in alphabetical order, but oh well. Um, so, his yes, I mean, I think Clemson's a team to beat here. North Carolina has a puncher's chance because his grandfather actually – played at North Carolina in the 60s. Mm. So um, UNC is actually one of the few schools that he visited earlier this year before the coronavirus ended things. Um, But, you know, and UNC was actually I believe one of the first schools to offer him. So UNC's in it. I think UNC will be in it until the end but it's going to be difficult to overcome Clemson for an in-state guy.
0: Yeah, Greenville. I mean, that's a a 25-minute drive, right? Greenville to Clemson.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, something like that.
0: Colin Sadler, offensive tackle from Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, here's the big boy. Big boy. Cheesy Trav. Travis Shaw, 6'5". I think he's a bit taller than that now, right, Don? 6'6", maybe? Something
1: like that, yeah. 3'10". I
0: I think he's bigger than that. He's he's a massive human being. Let's just say that. Defensive tackle from Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. He's the number six. Ranked kid in the 20, uh, 2022 class, number two defensive tackle, number one player in the state. Uh, 24-7 sports has him ranked a little bit lower, number 27 in the nation. But, I mean, this is a guy from Greensboro. I mean, it's literally – I went to Grimsley. It is an hour drive, if not a little bit less. Wait, on where you do you live. know
1: that when I talk to Travis every single time, he asks me how you're doing
0: because <laughs> yeah, apparently right. you're like a famous alum. <laughs> yeah, right i do want to talk to this coach a little bit uh, i've had a little idea for a story maybe we'll see uh all right travis shaw i mean we, we, we've heard if you follow unc recruiting you know about this guy i mean he's an hour away um i mean unc is the closest power five school that's not true lake forest my bad but it's the second closest to greensboro what's going on with travis shaw dom
1: Yeah, so he came out with this top 13 earlier this month. Um, I'd list all 13, but that's not good good podcasting. Um, North Carolina is definitely heavily involved in this. And I actually think, you know, Clemson's involved in this too. And a lot of people assume that's where he's going to ultimately end up. But I actually think North Carolina is a lot more of a threat than what people are giving them credit for. He's been there more than any other school. He's very comfortable on campus. He's very comfortable with the coaching staff. As far as a player is concerned, I, he is a massive human being, and he moves so incredibly well. And I mentioned this. I went on a um, I was at a camp that he was at. I'm filming behind the quarterback dummy during one-on-ones and during during some other drills. And when you when he's coming at you, and he's coming out, obviously coming at that uh, the quarterback dummy, it's scary. I mean, because he is just so big and just so fast. It's it's you know it's it's impressive. I mean, he he. He he does need to tr- to uh, slim down a little bit, but he just screams NFL talent.
0: Mm, that's awesome. And he's a basketball player. I mean, I have a buddy who, who watches some uh, high school basketball in the area, and he can dunk the ball, and mm-hmm. he's a force, and he's getting taller, six foot six, three something. Um, I mean, this is an elite guy, national recruitment. You got Alabama. I mean, every school in the nation wants this guy. Yeah. And he yeah. is right down the road in, in little old Greensboro. I mean – we're ways away, but you think it's going to be a Clemson-Carolina matchup uh, match here? Or is yeah. it too, too easy to kind of tell?
1: I, well, yeah, it's so e- it's so early. I think that those two schools, you can definitely count on those two schools to be in there until the very end.
0: Can okay, you answer me this? What is important to him? I mean, what's family like? I mean, is, is, is academics important? Is it being close to home? Is it, um, I mean, what, what kind of priorities do you see playing a, play a factor here for Travis?
1: So I did ask him that during our most recent – conversation and you know, he gives you like the standard answers. I think that he does want something somewhat close. I think Clemson's within that radius. I think he's very close with his mother and I think that uh, she's going to want an easy ride to go see him. And I think that uh, he's going to want to be close enough to where he can get to her pretty quickly. So I think um, within that, I don't know what the radius would be, but I think, I think distance is going to play a role and I think comfort, comfort level. And he mentioned that, in his answer is going to be, play a role. So, you know, if North Carolina's coaching staff remains intact, uh, I think that's going to be huge because he's going to have um, long relationships with guys like Lonnie Galloway and, and Tim Cross. And Bateman's also involved in that, too.
0: And he's good friends with Miles Murphy.
1: He is good friends with Miles Murphy. But he's also really good friends with, um, with Peyton Page, who's, who's committed to Clemson. Oh, so, right. you know, the, the, it, it's going to be a battle.
0: I'm going to do a little googling here but we'll move on here. Okay, Travis Shaw, top 10 player out of uh, Greensboro. All right, next one, we have uh 3 left, Xavier Simmons, inside linebacker, 6'3" to 10, Northwest Guilford, the Vikings from Greensboro, North Carolina, 2022 class, number 305 in the nation, number 11 inside linebacker and a four-star prospect. Don quick question was the mascot of the Northwest Guilford? team are they the vikings correct i used to coach the swim team there once wow what type of coach were you were you a players coach i coached the swim team so i mean yeah i mean it was just myself you know developing were were you
1: always putting your arms around those those uh half naked um wet high school boys and just saying it's okay
0: that you (laughs) lost that race my (laughs) this is funny so i coached a kid named daniel lee he, are you allowed
1: to say his name
0: i don't know I mean, he's 20 something now he okay. went on to swim at stanford he's real stanford's like one of the best swimming schools okay he was really good i didn't really coach him much because he was really really good He was a breaststroker oh and oh, he, was, I mean, he was so good he was we, he won states he was he was always there and the one thing i taught him was the nerve dump the what the nerve dump Oh, God, what is that? It's like before a big race, you got to go to the bathroom and <laughs> take a nerve dump. And I taught him that because I would do that before races. And before so how
1: do, you te- how do you teach someone that? Do you take them in the bathroom and show them how it's done?
0: You say, dude, you got to take a nerve dump.
1: Oh, so, you okay. You go in there because it
0: makes you – light. for swimming, it's key because it makes you lighter. If you get all <laughs> that out of your body, uh, it's key for, for athletic endeavors. I mean, I would do it for basketball and, and track and swimming and stuff.
1: That's crazy. The nerve dump. So what
0: if you don't have
1: to go? What do you do?
0: i mean if you you can't go you can't go i do nerve dumps before big uh well once you get get into the flow
1: and you get into you and you get into the rhythm and you get regular with it then that makes it easier but i can imagine early on it could be tough to kind of get your body clock on
0: that yeah hopefully you have it all planned out the nerve dump is key uh it's key 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 all right moving on all right xavier sorry xavier xavier simmons (laughs) What you got for him.
1: forever going to be linked to the nerve <laughs> Um, so he's a kid who I'm glad that 24 seven sports, uh, ranked him so high because I think he really, he would be a lot more high profile than what he is. And he's a four star guy, uh, had he been able to go to camps and he hasn't really been able to go to anything. Um, I've been eager to kind of, to see him in person and, and watch him kind of work out and that sort of stuff. But Guilford County is completely shut down. And, and I don't believe he, partakes in any seven-on-seven, seven, and he hasn't done any camps. So, uh, But he's a guy UNC really likes. Um, I really think his scholarship offer list is going to expand once uh, some more film gets out on him, which might not be until March. Um, but uh, hasn't taken a lot of visits. I mean, his recruitment is as open as they get because it's just, it's just kind of just started. But um, outside linebacker, edge rusher guy, fits what exactly what North Carolina is looking for at that position. Sounds
0: like right. a, So they got a couple a good marker. in-state outside linebacker targets. Yes, yes. And they're obviously graduating, Fox and Hopper. Mm-hmm. So it fits so.
1: perfectly for, their, for the timing.
0: There you go. All right, two more left. Adam Randall out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 6'3", 198, wide receiver. And John, J.J. Jones is also a wide receiver for Myrtle Beach, a 2021 commitment. Ah, uh, four-star, two seventy in the nation, thirty-six wide receiver in the nation. Adam Randall looks like he has a, a bunch of big offers already.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Clemson came through with an offer a couple of weeks ago, which is which is big. Um, if not for that, I would have thought North Carolina had a really, really, really good chance. Uh, North Carolina is still going to be in it, but can you imagine being a um, being a defensive coordinator or an opposing uh, DB and your team lines up against Myrtle Beach, which has six three Adam Randall and six three JJ Jones.
0: Yeah, but have a good quarterback.
1: They they have they So they have a quarterback that North Carolina is actually tracking. He hasn't. Well, they had Luke Doty uh, for much of last year who ended up signing with South Carolina. But uh, the guy that uh, Ryan Berger, I believe is a guy that North Carolina is going to be tracking um, So definitely keep his name in mind. North Carolina hasn't offered. Nobody's offered him. It hasn't played a whole lot other than the playoffs last year. When to got injured. Anyway, on to Adam Randall, big kid. Uh, another kid I saw in camp and he just absolutely dominated. It was inferior competition, but it was great uh, to see him dominate that inferior competition, caught everything thrown in his direction. Um, and as I said, I think North Carolina is going to be in it. It just, uh, you know, Clemson with an in-state kid is is just going to be tough to overcome.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, last one. Well, that one was Adam Randall, wide receiver from Myrtle Beach. All right, Jalen Walker from Salisbury, North Carolina. You know what drink was made in Salisbury?
1: Oh, God, Cheerwine.
0: Correct, home Ooh, Cheerwine.
1: I thought I was going to go. I thought I was going to be wrong. I knew Cheerwine's is um, somewhere around there, but I obviously it's – anyway go ahead
0: i once i once hitchhiked from nantahala north carolina to salisbury north carolina why how to get there all right six two two twenty uh say, he-
1: wait I'm, I'm curious about this 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 hitchhiking like i first of all i thought it was illegal in north carolina and second how old were you and third <laughs> you got to have stories from it <laughs>
0: Uh, I was a whitewater rafting guide in the mountains, of North Carolina, so way west, west of Asheville. And I had to get to Charlotte for a uh, – my brother's uh, engagement – an engagement party in Charlotte. This is back in 2006. My car broke down, didn't have a car, and uh, essentially hitchhiked with a stranger who I figured – who found out was going to, to that area. So he took me to Salisbury, and then I got picked up in Salisbury and went to Charlotte. Gotcha. And his like, kid, his, like, daughter was in the back, and I was in the front. We were in a pickup oh. truck.
1: Man, strange. Yeah. My um my dad would tell me when he was younger, he would hitchhike all the time. So, that was different times, though. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to Jalen Walker.
0: All right, Jalen Walker. And he's ranked. He's a high-ranked kid out of Salisbury, yeah. number 41 in the nation, number two outside linebacker, and number two player in the state. So, big-time uh, – time guy here
1: yeah so if you didn't hate Clemson before you listen to this podcast you probably hate them now and I'm going to mention them again this is another kid who seems destined for Clemson his dad is the head coach at Catawba College and um, dur- while he's been a head coach one of his assistant coaches was uh, Keith Henry who is the dad of KJ Henry who is a defense lineman at Clemson Um, And I believe uh, his dad has a lot of connections to Clemson staff. So uh, the kid says he's wide open. He did come out with a top 10, uh, I guess it was about a month ago, North Carolina was in it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's pretty obvious that Clemson is going to be a strong challenger and maybe an, an insurmountable challenger for his recruitment. But, you know, great player, you know, smart player. You know, definitely you could tell he's a coach's son because he just – he knows all the, the details of the, of the game and uses that in, in, in drills and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he's going to be the consensus number two in-state guy for that class, for this class.
0: Good stuff, yeah. Jalen Walker out of Salisbury. Yeah, there's, there's some in-state kids here, but as you said, a lot of uh, players that Clemson is very much in on, as you would expect. For UNC to get to that next level where they're competing with Clemson and then eventually you know, getting to where they can beat Clemson, they're going to have to win some of these recruitments. Um, yeah. And so we'll see what happens there. All right, Don, we're going to skip the questions we had left. I think we've ran a little long here. Yeah, yeah, that's We'll fine. do those the next time. The top five is the top five 1990s movie, 90s, movie, 90s comedies, movies. Uh, get those to Don when we record next time. Anything else to close us out? I'm just excited to eat my cookies. <laughs> All right. So hopefully you got a better idea of the 2021 class and what remains there. Right so the and the 2022. Class. Oh,
1: my bad. My bad. Top, I'm not paying 12.
0: attention. Yeah. The top 12 targets from Mr. Don Calhoun. We appreciate you listening to the scoop.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. brought to you by Johnny t-shirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.